Hey, it's John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and it's The Entrepreneurial You, the show for dedicated and passionate Caribbean entrepreneurs seeking daily inspiration, brought to you by author, speaker, and award-winning entrepreneur, Henneka Watkins-Porter. You must be prepared to ignite. Hello, 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 my family, my peak performance community, the ones who want to go higher and higher and constantly improve themselves, whether they're entrepreneurs, coaches, whatever it is, whatever field you find yourself in, that's what we're about. And, you know, it's all about the upgrade. It's all about the leveling up. So welcome to another episode of the Entrepreneurial You podcast. And if you are joining me for the very first time, you're just coming over here, then welcome, 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 a special, special warm welcome. You know, everybody get, uh, gets a special welcome, a warm welcome. But for you, a very special warm welcome today. Now, last week I spoke with Salome uh, Salehi, Salome Salehi, and she is a beauty expert who uses her platform to advocate for body positivity, clean beauty, and sustainability. So she she's all into non toxic beauty, right? This week. Of course, her business is Sugar Sugar Walks. You should check it out. This week, I'm excited because I'm speaking with someone who has scaled an agency from a five-figure to a seven-figure income in just two years. Two years, my friends. Before I bring him on, you know gratitude is a must, so I have to thank my sponsor, the Jamaica Stock Exchange, who continues to give their support to this show, making it what it is over the many years. So let's take a listen. We needed to raise capital, but our experience with local financial institutions was that they were cautious and slow to act, and interest rates were far too high. We had real concerns about financing our business through outside equity investors and the possibility of interference. Could we get a fair valuation for our business? We had our own ideas about the business and its value. Should I go the traditional route of bank financing or should I try the Jamaica Stock Exchange? So we made a call and experienced transformation of our business through conversations. I'm John Mafood, CEO of Jamaican Teas, and we're listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. Give us a call today at 876-967-3271 to begin your transformation through conversation. We want to see your company listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. Welcome back to the Entrepreneurial You. Now, my guest on episode 310 of the Entrepreneurial You is Gaurav Sharma. Gaurav is the founder and CEO of Atroc, a results-driven digital marketing company and a certified Google Analytics and Google Ads professional. Now, here's scale, as you heard me mention before, an agency from a five-figure to a seven-figure income in just two years. Two years, my friends. And he has increased leads by 10 times, conversion rate by 2.8 times, and traffic to 300,000. Yes, 300,000 per month using content marketing, SEO, influencer marketing, landing page optimization, sales funnel and linkedin he contributes to hubspot adweek business to community huffpost 
TechCrunch, and many more reputable publications. Of course, he leverages ex his experience to help SaaS businesses, that software as a service businesses, influencers, local businesses as local in the context of his environment, and e-commerce brands grow their traffic, leads, sales, and authority. This person, this guest that I have today is a real deal. Welcome, Gaurav. Thank you so much, Anga. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm Absolutely. So, so good to have you. Now, I'm going to baptize you with a question that I ask all my guests. But before I do, do that. Where are you joining me from today? Uh, it's from India. Oh, my gosh. I yeah. was hoping you would say that. I mean, I knew that the, the, the accent and everything. I just knew that. <laughs> We're in India. I am so in love with India. Like, I could have a conversation on that for the whole time. Where in India wow. are, you, are you from now? Are you now? Uh, India in Rajasthan, Jaipur. That's oh, like ja oh, oh, Rajasthan. Yeah, yeah. It's a heritage place, Jaipur. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, um, the Taj Mahal, right? It's close to us. Like so it's, it's close, near Agra. Right? It's, it's close, right yeah. in Agra, right? It's very, very close. I've been to the Taj Mahal. I'm all excited. Yeah, I love <laughs> it's India. A, it's right? a fun place, though. India is a fun place. And you know the good thing? Um, I spent two months there, girl, which means that I wow. got time to um, for the place to grow on me. Because I knew that. Had I just spent like a week, honestly, that first you know, dose of India could have easily kind of not, not let me like India. But having spent two whole months and got immersed into the culture, the food, um, the people, like the, the women's dressing, don't get me started now. Let's get back on track. <laughs> it's so, crazy, it's crazy though. so see, I know a lot about your culture. So my next question to you is, what, if any, do you know about the Jamaican culture? Oh, Jamaican. Uh, unfortunately, I've never been like uh, went outside India so so much. I tried to go before around 2020, but somehow the COVID thing happened. So <laughs> since then, I'm still here. So, <laughs> but one thing I heard about Jamaican is like they're like strong people or something like online. <laughs> Not much I know, but yeah, I'd yeah. really love to know more about okay. Jamaicans. So I made up for what you don't know, right? So I I kind of um I made up by knowing so much about India. Oh my gosh. Um, again, I could talk about India for the whole time, and maybe we need to have a conversation around that at some other point. Uh yes. Well, let's let's get to the real meat of the matter. We're going to be talking about you know scaling a digital business. First and foremost, let's talk about your journey, um, Gaurav, to um getting involved in the digital space and be becoming so successful at what you're doing. Let's talk about that. Start at the top. Okay, thank you so much. Uh, okay, so it started all in like back in 2012. So uh, I finished my engineering and uh, I was looking for some kind of job then. And uh, the development work, the website development, those kind of area is something I didn't like much. So I went into a marketing field and I joined an agency uh, in 2012. And I really realized, I realized I worked for like almost two years there in a, as an employee where I realized that most of the agencies around the world, like even India and even in US and European countries, what they do is they just try to sell like silver gold packages. They don't take care of clients at all. They just want to sell packages over and over and over and over. So, and that was something, uh, and we were working as a like robot, like we receive something and we just start working on it and then deliver it and then that's it. And that that is something uh, never like kicked me really well for two years. 
because every single time the clients are craving that results are, results are not coming uh, they don't get the result they are desired expectations are not meet properly and those things really like put me in a situation that this is not something actually works out for the, for the brands it might work out for the agency to just make money but for brands who are investing a lot uh, they are not getting anything so then i like she quit the job and uh, i gained some knowledge doing the like agent working in the agency so i used that and i started selling custom packages so and that is like the usp of my agency uh, till uh, even now like from 2014 i started my agency and now it's like 2022 we start selling custom packages for brands so we analyze the website first we analyze how website actually works for them what what are their goals what are their like uh, needs expectations and according to the like competition and competitive analysis and everything we try to share uh, the exact uh, data that they need or what exact uh, campaign they should do so that they actually get some good returns and because of those things we are able to retain most of our clients for like 5 6 years and we are still working with them and that's like the most the biggest usp uh, i have for for my agency and this whole journey was kind of a I had a like roller coaster ride because when you start as a as a fresher and uh, like entrepreneur uh, solopreneur in the beginning uh, started like one person as a team it, it was really hard it's really hard because you don't have any knowledge about like crms how to manage clients how to communicate really well how to what are the expectations so those kind of roller coaster ride was something crazy that i have learned throughout the uh, time but yeah now things uh, actually worked out pretty well and even on the like when the covid happened uh, in my company we have like almost 30 40 people team and we didn't lay off anybody we tried to like maintain everyone so that in the hard times everyone stay together so a lot of thing happened this uh, during this 8 years but yeah finally we kind of made it through uh, the covid and yeah so things are pretty good now awesome all right so let me just clear up a couple of things so first of all um gorav you you're so successful that you think that you're still in 2022 is actually 2023 now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's fine that's fine um and also to clarify some jargons and some you know just break it up so that everybody understands so you mentioned CRM we're talking about customer relation management yeah uh, as well as USP your unique selling proposition or your unique selling point so just want to make sure that we clear up those uh, abbreviations for those who may not be so clear as to what exactly we're talking about. Um sure. so interesting journey that you've had. So you've spent 2 years working for somebody and you recognize that he was kind of robotic, you know? You were just yeah, doing totally. things. It was a one size fits all kind of thing. It was not Exactly. Right. It was exactly. not customized to meet the need of the customer. And and so you spent two years, and then in 2014 you started your agency. You were a team of one, and now you've grown to what 40 odd, right? Yeah, right. 40 odd. So let us talk about how you scale. How were you able to scale from you having you being that one person in your um in your company to know you've scaled to having over 40 persons, but not only in terms of the number of team members that you've had. that you have but you but also in terms of you know the 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 income that you're earning and how you're increasing your traffic and your influence and getting others to do that as well super super fantastic <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah yeah so uh, the whole journey was as like i said it's a it was a roller coaster ride so when i started working uh, as an agency so we mostly outsource everything from usa and european side So one thing I realized is that uh, selling 
like silver gold package is not going to work so we start yeah. custom packages that's one thing uh, with this i decided then i decided that uh, just doing the cold outreach is not the only way it's not a like perfect way to like uh, build like create lead gen for lead generation part so mm-hmm. cold outreach was like still works out really well uh, if you do it right but for long term for long run you need to make sure you have a, a good brand which has a positive name positive vibes when you hear about those brands so there's some uh, some kind of like uh, uh, sentimental uh, judgments comes in about when somebody hear that name so i want i went to like for for branding part so for branding i started my company as atrock.com i want to make it small and like easy to remember and something people can actually recall okay so then i started using uh, like atrock.com as a like main so uh, main landing pages and then we worked on like more uh, like pr stuff and the and seo we started creating like a content hub around uh, atrock.com so that people start educated and i try to like uh, support the community and uh, try to educate the community uh, using my content hub and uh, that's uh, one big uh, thing that we have now and we are like getting like a decent amount of uh, like organic traffic and that's how we start building the uh, main branding for the atrock and then we start doing the the boom webinars more podcast so the branding part was like main aim for us to uh, keep things growing and uh, because of those things people start knowing us and they start realizing okay it's and this is the part of inbound uh, lead generation so that you become a brand you become like pers- doing the personal branding doing the like company branding people know you and because of the branding and the positive vibes you like create uh, people come to your website and that and that time uh, when people come to your website with inquiries the closure rate is kind of very higher than uh, when you compare with the outbound lead generation so right. those things i started mix Awesome. So you've mentioned two things, inbound uh, lead generation and outbound lead generation. Let's talk about the two briefly and what your focus should be, you know, to nail each one, you know. For like uh, when we do the outbound lead generation, so we also do outbound lead generation right now as well. Uh, but that's kind of a backup plan for us. So but those things are like more customized and a personalized basis. Uh, what people do uh, in the past is like uh, they just uh, borrow a list from the database. They set up like automation, just create uh, some basic templates and send it out. But when you just just personalize those emails, you make sure that the email database that you have is validated and it's uh, it's verified uh, with the name and the email address. And then you just set up a kind of personalized email for each person, and it's not like uh, like it's like eighty percent template, twenty percent personalized. using some kind of data of their website some kind of uh, name and uh, some kind of like uh, any input they have about their like past history from linkedin or somewhere else and when you have like 20% like personalization within the template and when do the automation with like for a uh, decent follow ups making sure that uh, all the technical parameters of the emails are good when you do this kind of like automation for outbound it works out pretty well uh, in terms of like more lead generation for any brand matlab means uh, you can do this for any uh, industry as well and works for for b2c as well as for b2b mm-hmm. so that's uh, for the outbound generation we do uh, and for the inbound the seo content creation content hub creating like uh, educating the audience with more uh, what articles how to articles about your industry only like uh, we sell uh, a lot of seo services so we talk about seo all the time and that's how people get to know the people who are like who have money 
and still they're skeptical about like spending money with the wrong people so they like to like want to make sure the, make sure that the person you are going they are going to hire they are actually know they have a know how of seo and everything and mm-hmm. when they see it from like uh, from webinars podcast from blog post and guest post so they get a positive vibe that this person actually know what they're doing and now they come to you and then you can just close the deal and this kind of inbound lead generation works pretty well and it has like better roi compared to outbound lead generation although uh, time period is kind of inbound has it takes a lot of time for outbound it it's kind of works out in on a monthly basis so these are like two different uh, perspective when we do outbound and inbound lead generation but for right. long term inbound for short term outbound, outbound absolutely study. and for those again who are newbies to the terms and and on you know entrepreneurship in general so roi return on investment Okay, yeah. so talk about the fact that you outsource a lot of your talent from Europe and the US. Um, yes. Let's talk about now your buyer persona. Is it, is it also, um, you know, is your customer based in those areas that you outsource to? Is it based in India only? Who do you target? Tell us an idea of your, give us an idea of your buyer persona. Uh, persona. Yeah, for my buyer persona, we mostly target uh, US and European countries specifically. And regarding the industries, we target with software companies and e-commerce because we have a, a really good database and the network as well, so that we can provide the kind of right service for them for lead generation and everything. So as per the like kind of uh, intel we have, we make sure that uh, it's uh, specifically US and European countries plus. Uh, uh, they are like from e-commerce side or the software side because they got these guys are like uh, well funded as well they have a, they understand the know-how and we want to make sure that uh, the kind of service you provide the person should know what they are looking because a lot of time as an entrepreneur you might face a situation that uh, there comes a person who just don't know what they need and you start like wasting time with that person and uh, they just want to do some digital marketing online marketing but they have no clue what how things can actually done means it takes time uh, they said we need to set some kpis we need to set some set some goals those areas so uh, software company e-commerce companies ceo profiles we target uh, cmos we target so we are very like uh, targeted based uh, marketing uh, strategy we follow so we don't go after like any manager profile we just go after like cmo ceo who are the decision maker who understands what they need and uh, we reach out to them and then we try to close the leads from there. Okay, so how do you then, uh, Gaurav, optimize your workflow processes so that you implement a work culture that is conducive for remote work? Because most of your, 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 you're getting people from all over, not just um, in India. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, because of the technology and everything, like uh, we use Slack, we use CRM and mm-hmm. Zoom, they are like the best tools that I have like see. Since last bread, the best tools since last bread, right? <laughs> <laughs> They're like like lifesaver for like for us right now. So Slack for us, like communication and everything, CRM. We use Trello Asana that works pretty ah. well for client management. And uh, then Zoom meeting comes in and Google Meet for the mm-hmm. like any onboarding call. And Calendly for scheduling all the links, uh, all, yes. the, all the meetings. So these are like yes. three, four tools that's like go-to tools for me and uh, kind of lifesaver even when the COVID came. So yeah, you just say you use Trello, right? <laughs> yeah, um, I remember having a conversation with the founder of Trello, 
Um, wow. so, yeah, a couple of years ago when I just started, that was interesting. And it was never meant to be a quote unquote, um, in his words, project management software. You know, it was more like for, you know, people were doing their weddings together, putting their weddings and they were, you know, communicating and, and stuff like that. But it turned out to be an active competitor to Asana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and 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 it's it, it's standing on its own, you know. So those tools that you mentioned, it's funny how it was through the pandemic where a lot of persons learned about Zoom, but exactly. clearly Zoom has been around before. I remember using Zoom, uh, maybe about three years before um, it became a thing. You know, it was it was something sure. that I was introduced to. So those tools, uh, it's 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 very important based on where you want to go. You know, you want to scale, and you have scale. And for persons listening who want to scale, that you have the right tools in place to facilitate a workflow that will not, you know, not cause a, a bottleneck on, in one area, you know. So you're, you may be exactly. smooth in one area, but then when it gets to a, a certain part in the process, then there are bottlenecks because you don't have the process, you know, the right pro uh, process flow. In terms of touching on the culture part of my question, though, Karav, uh, what, you know, what kind of a culture, how do you create that kind of a culture that is cohesive because you have so many people working remotely? Okay, so uh, we, I just want to make sure that people are like very engaged, like there's all we run our team, uh, team building exercise as well. And uh, we make sure that we communicate regularly on, on Zoom. And, uh, and it rec recently we like in November 2022, we started our office as well. So like half of the team started coming to office now. And and half of the team is still working like remotely. So we make sure that we run a team uh, building meetings on Zoom. Uh, we I hired an HR so that the person can actually take care. Of, I do have enough things on my plate to take care of. So we take care of we hire one person as an HR so that the person can actually take care of all the team members, and uh, they create a positive environment. We start playing online games as well. We start playing some uh like uh, some kind of activities so that there's engagement between the team and there's like uh, like teamwork as a, a friendliness environment we try to create so that we try to crack some jokes we send some funny gifs and uh, the cool stuff we try to do on slack as well on online so that everyone stay connected and nobody's feel like uh, they're working like uh, like a robot or something so we try to take care as a on, on emotional side as well and if there's if somebody needs any help so we try to like take care of them as well if somebody just uh, not feeling good or uh, like uh, uh, if something happens in their family or whatever. So we try to hear them out and whatever we can do for them, we try to like uh, take care of it. It's so. important that you said that and made that point clear because when 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 I mentioned your success, you know, in the intro, um, a lot of persons perhaps think that, you know, it's all work and you're all nerds and it's all about just your head down and buried into the into what you, you must get done. But you have created an environment that, you know, the human side, the emotional side of persons are your, your team members are being catered to. Because at the end of the day, people are not robots and they sure. will burn out and tune out if they're not engaged in other ways. So that is excellent for you to share. Yeah, exactly. It means one thing I have learned that if somebody is not happy working like for long term, they will not work with you. So if you're like creating a talent uh, talent pool in your company, you need to make sure that uh, every person is emotionally happy, and they are it's like uh, like financially from this like incentive point of view, that's a difference area. But the emotional side, like a support or something that uh, security is there for the team so that they stay together for long long term. And and because 
as entrepreneur you cannot invest time in terms of just taking care of team all the time because if you just people come and people go if you're just working on the hiring process all the time then you won't be able to like focus on the growth part of the company so in the long term you will be like frustrated and like uh, like you know fucked up mood totally and uh, the best thing is you need to make sure that the team is super happy they are emotionally happy and financially definitely that's a that's a big part that you need to make you need to like incentivize but yeah those things need to take care of to make sure that uh, you can focus on the growth of the company and then for the long term things multiply yes so, so let's talk about tracking your um, team's time and their productivity because yes you you cater to the human side and you want to make sure that you know you have fun stuff going on. You play games, which is a good thing. Um, kudos to you because all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy or Jane a dull girl. So <laughs> how do you trap though? Um, because at the end of the day, it's, a, it's business and you have to make, in, ensure that work is done. How do you track right. your team's time and their productivity? Right. So uh, time and productivity, one thing we use like attendance model we have uh, on Slack. Uh, in So it's, we use Mesa 6 online uh, attendance model and then we use uh, uh, clockify clockify is a timesheet management software so where person actually like add the timesheet but now see there are like different softwares like time doctor hub staff uh, where you can like do the screen monitoring as well mm -hmm. and and that's one thing i have in my mind because uh, being working in the agency in the past like that company had this hub staff and uh, they are actually monitoring the screen that person is like not doing the Facebook and WhatsApp or, or anything else other than just working because a lot of people do this, but that's kind of micromanagement. And that's something I, I don't appreciate much micromanagement. So mm -hmm. uh, we, we want to make sure that we create a team that actually support each other and trust. So we do make sure that we have like timesheets that person is actually doing like all the eight hours work in the day and managing everything there. And they're like, they have some managers as well. So that uh, the junior person is reporting everything to the manager and manager is taking care of everything. And I make sure that manager is trustworthy for us. And, and this, the whole hierarchy works uh, smoothly. So micromanagement, we don't do. It's just that uh, we make sure that they actually have done the job and the manager is verifying those things. And for the managers, like three, four man managers we have, I trust them because they were working with us for like five, six years. So this kind of hierarchy will work and we make sure that the thing uh, like uh, works out smoothly. And there's like more like teamwork, like trustworth, trust is there for us. So this is how we like kind of work. Awesome sauce. Awesome sauce. Because you said something which is pretty poignant is that you can't micromanage. Because if you do micromanage, you can't, as the as a leader, as a visionary, uh, scale yeah. to the magnitude that you need to. Because I, I'm pretty sure that even though you've experienced such phenomenal growth with your agency, you do have a vision um, to go even further, right? And so there's no way you can micromanage or should micromanage if you are one if you're going to get to that level. Yeah, one thing I like to share uh, for this, like the side effect of as this part as well, like when you put a trust on some people as well, like uh, you heard the moonlighting, right? Recently, uh, mm -hmm. during the COVID, people start doing like uh, dual employment while working from home, right? And uh, that kind of issue we also faced as well in the past but uh still i don't appreciate micromanagement at all for because for for people because one person can do moonlighting or two person can do this but the whole team cannot suffer before to have like a, a strict management 
and make, make uh, create uh, like strong rules against the employees because people get frustrated because they have a life and they just want to make sure that uh, they're comfortable so i wanted to give a comfort environment and uh, and the, the biggest thing is uh, we is to create pillars in the company a pillar of trusted people in in the company so i have a touch uh, like this of god like four or five like extremely trusted people that I can like go blindly that person you know because they're working for six years for us and uh, having pillars uh, no micro management trust uh, trust building stuff we do and uh, this kind of clockify time sheet management and attendance model is kind of very you know it's kind of enough for us to make sure that uh, team is good and we focus on the growth part of the company and 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 the result is here for us like uh, a million dollar company what one piece of advice would you give to somebody who's thinking about starting a digital agency it's just them right now maybe running facebook ads or google ads on behalf of a company or or even someone give them some encouragement to you know that they can um, be inspired to grow into an agency an established digital marketing agency okay just to uh, one quick advice i would say that work on the retention of the client Mm-hmm. because that's the biggest thing i have seen because if you just focus on and and one thing i've seen before like cuz been into the industry you know a lot of competitors in the industry and they were they were uh, like before like 2012 before i started working here and after covid the company like shut down most of the companies i've seen like shut down because their kind of model they had or the kind of structure or the the structure they had in the company they mostly focus on acquisition and they spend a lot of money in acquisition like hire more people hire more uh, uh, clients or acquire more clients but the retention rate is kind of very poor if you keep like at least 5 10 uh, clients for in a retainer basis and make sure that the you provide the growth uh, really good service uh, so that they are stay with you forever like kind of like create like contractual basis like 5 year contract 2 3 year contract then this will make your company more sustainable and uh, even if you like when you actually grow and people start like evaluate uh, do the valuation of your company these kind of parameters works really well for the for the like uh, selling point of view of or the exit strategy for your brand so the retention is what i like highly recommend and acquisition is like the like it's not something i really appreciate to focus on on the for the growth part or the long term basis right so it's about building and improving your clients uh, relationship the relationship exactly. with them Exactly, awesome. the customer support and everything. So it needs to be very nice and crisp and transparent, and you need to be there. Avoid a one-size-fits-all uh, approach. Right. All right. So, Grav, it's time for you to share your contact details with my community. How may they get in touch with you? Straight yeah. in India. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you guys can reach out to us uh, at atrock dot com. It's a double t r o c k dot com, and uh, my email address is Grav. G A U R A V at the rate at rock dot com. So I know it's right. simple, and uh, I've been on like social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and uh, you can reach out to me just like Gaurav Sharma there, and uh, I'll be in touch with you as soon as you like uh, message me. Awesome, and let me just clarify. So it's A T T R O C K. My idea of regarding at rock was like at the rate rock like at the rate gmail.com so it's at the rate rock so at place we can people can rock so yes <laughs> <how I feel. laughs> oh 
awesome. Yeah. Girl, you are inspirational. You know, just in two years, you've managed to grow your business, your digital marketing um, business, you know, with, with such powerful reach, doing um, effectively ads, Google ads, Facebook ads, all of these things for, for persons, for, for your clients, and making sure that you're having the branding out there you're building on the client's relationship and improving on that. So congrats to you and your team. And I wish you all the best on your onward journey as you continue to grow and scale your business. Thank you so much, Anika. Thank you so much. This is all really exciting. Really, really. Absolutely. Absolutely. And thank you. Thank you, my community, for tuning in to this episode with Gaurav Sharma. What has been your standout moment? Well, for me, it's about being impressed overall with how how much Gaurav has done with his business, having worked at a digital agency for two years before, and he was able to take that knowledge, but and, and not only take it, but to improve upon what he learned, his experience there. Um, he continues to grow his, his monthly following, engagement, build his customer relationship. So building and improving client relationship is exactly what he has been focusing on not a one-size-fits-all approach but one that is customized and tailored to the needs of the client and that is so important so i'd love to hear from you what stood out what did you learn what did you what what do you wish that i had asked that i hadn't asked and I can follow with Gora for you, or you can reach out to him directly. Please send me your feedback at henikawatkissporter at gmail.com. Or of course, I am on social media all over the place at henikawatkissporter. So Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. And of course, my website is henikawatkissporter.com. I close off with according to the scriptures, because of course I'm a woman of faith and I'm guided by the scriptures. Sing to the Lord with grateful praise. Make music to our God on the harp. Psalm 147, verse 7. What good, 